this is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is my Mind Emporium. Welcome to my podcast, everybody. I hope y'all having a nice, lovely day. All this considered that it has been raining for 40 days and 40 nights in Georgia. Granted, they said this has something to totally do with the moon, moon, basically, which is crazy because, you know, the moon has been in Cancer and Leo, and we all know how those signs can get. Um... But yeah, they said this this whole raining thing, which could cause a flood. It caused a flood in New York, which I would hate to see the subways right now. And there's a flash flood warning in the area I stay in in Georgia right now. So um, I hope you guys are staying dry and above water. Um, because... <laughs> It has been very raining recently, very raining, and it has a whole lot to do with some people's moods, so, yeah. Um, so, y'all know how I like to get this podcast started. I like starting off some stories that stands out to me. Some of these stories are severely sad to me, um, but another one, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, the story I wanted to break yesterday that's like two days old now that I didn't do it because I want to end with um with talking about uh, Keisha Cole's mom passing a Frankie that happened over the weekend um I had plans on end the um ending my rundown with that because that that bothered me but the story that I missed yesterday um which is from the Jasmine brand it says Kanye West hosting listening party amidst rumored new album Donda dropping soon in alleged track list leaks. Um, could Kanye West, in fact, be close to giving fans his highly anticipated album Donda and a alleged invite to a private listening party in Las Vegas tonight is now making its rounds on social media. Um, it says there's also an alleged track list of Donda that goes viral couple with Kanye being spotted in studios with Tyler, the creator. We also told the album may come at the end of the week. It's all, it's all just speculation at this point. There's also a rumor that there's going to be an event in Atlanta that has to do with the album as well. So um, congratulations on Kanye West. And for people who think it's going to be an album by Kim Kardashian, it's not. It's called Donda. So it's about his mother. So I really believe this is an album that he needed to do after his mother had passed, but he did not know how to cope. And I believe this album is his album that he is able to, to verbally cope with the passing of his mother. Um, if you don't know his mother, um, Dr. Donda West passed away um, years ago. And... Um, he, I don't believe he has been able to cope with it in the proper way because when you were in the entertainment industry, the entertainment industry don't let you cope and um, don't let you deal with um, whatever demons you have going on. And so now um, he's able to cope. He was able to, to get past it and he's able to talk about his mother. And so I'm expecting this album to be about his mother and, and to talk about how much pain he went through losing her, how he's dealt with it, how she's inspired him, 
and, and, and how she's made him into the man he is today. And I'm also, I'm, I'm expecting him to have some anger about her death. Um, so congratulations, Kanye West, on your new album release. Um, this next story is from V103. And I realized that TKBS is the Kenny Burns show. So I'm sorry, Kenny Burns. Um, and it says, Sheree Whitfield may reportedly re return to Real Housewives of Atlanta for season 14 if a relationship with Tyrone made a main storyline. Girl. She telling y'all, y'all gonna do the storyline she wants y'all to do. Okay, so is this Prison Bay? <laughs> Just exit. But I don't blame Sheree. You, if you want to tell the story, you tell the story you want to tell, not the one they want to tell you because this is your life, not theirs. So go ahead, Sheree. Um, the next story that I also got from V103 Atlanta from the Kitty Burns show, it says Tokyo Olympics installed cardboard beds to deter athletes from having sex. Not y'all over here, uh, uh, trying to keep athletes from having sex. These are grown folks. There ain't no sharing. So as according to TMZ, the sleeping arrangements for the Olympics have resurfaced. Has surfaced. Athletes will crash on box limit one person, one per customer. Something honchos apparently don't want, want tested with bedroom shenanigans. After images of the bed, they have been set up all throughout the Olympic Village in Tokyo, where world-class athletes will arrive by the end of next week for the last for the start of the Olympics Games, begins circulating online. Irish gymnast Reese McClunigan posted a video in response to report the cardboard beds are meant to dissuade athletes from doing it in the village. And he's calling BS because the frames can apparently withstand his body weight just, just jumping up and down. Well, you're an athlete, so I mean, you know. Reese, what? Oh, you're a gymnast, Reese. So, of course, you can jump on it, okay? You're not a heavyweighter. You're little. But, yeah, that's kind of whack. <laughs> that's whack. I know they don't want nobody going back with COVID, but. Next story is from um, Instagram of Juicy Talk Radio, and it says a Capitol rioter bail got revoked after he left his probation officer frightened voicemails about his dick size. <laughs> says probation officer Kendra Rennie testified on Wednesday that he reportedly sent her a long rambling voicemails while he was on bail and even called her mother once a form of intimidation CBS reported some of the messages were sexually explicit in nature including one specific voicemail that he left in May in which he referred the size of his genitalia and the performance of his genitalia according to CBS it was an intimidation. It was frightening and made me nervous, Rennie said. Adding that the one phone call also made her mom feel un very uncomfortable, according to CBS. How the hell was he able to get contact of the probation officer? Ooh, the privilege, girl. All right, another story that I found is from HollywoodUnlocked.com, and it was written by Deja Monet. It says, Naomi Osaka, Osaka, Claps back at Megan Kelly criticizing her SI swimsuit cover. Naomi Osaka didn't hold anything back after journalist Megan Kelly criticized her Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. 
Megyn Kelly decided to take the time to come after the tennis superstar when the rollout for its illustrated swimsuit cover was released to the public. She retweeted a critique by her fellow Fox Sport radio host, Clay Travis, who said Asaka claimed she was too introverted to talk to the media after the tennis matches and added that Asaka has launched a reality show, Netflix series, a Barbie, and now is on the cover of the swimsuit, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Kelly chimed in and said, let's not forget the cover of and interview in Vogue Japan and Time Mag. However, Asaka clanked back and told Kelly that she needed to do better research before criticizing her. She retweeted Kelly and wrote, seeing as you're a journalist, I would assume you would take in the time to research what least times are for magazine. If you did that, you would have found out uh, I shot all of my covers last year. Do better, Megan. You go ahead, Naomi. People try to pick on you for something you did last year. All right, so y'all remember I had a message and I, I said, I think I did a podcast saying that the first lady of Haiti passed away. I stand corrected. Apparently, she is doing well. Um, it says, um, this is from we underscore R underscore Haitians. And it says, um, here are some recent tweets from the first lady, Martine Moise. And it says, um, thank you for the team of guardian angels who helped me through this terrible time. We, with your gentle touch, kindness, and care, I was able to hold on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it says, oh, well, it's another one. They show it in French. Um, well, in Petois. And, um... I think I said that she passed away. I thought somebody said that she had passed away. I am sorry for that. I'm not. I didn't want to. I don't want to post that. And I'm sorry if I disappointed anybody with saying that. But that didn't happen. She's still alive. That was kind of a um a Mandela effect moment for me. Um, because I could have sworn they said this lady passed away, but she's still alive and she's fine. All right. Um. So the next article is from. It's on site. And this contributor is Nayara. And it says, surveillance footage captures a shooting reportedly caused by road rage. Surveillance footage shows a man vehicles coming to a halt as he got out the car and began to open fire at a white pickup truck. The incident occurred in Los Angeles and reported saying that the shootout was caused by road rage. According to WBEU TV, police says multiple shots pierced the back of the truck and one story home. But luckily, no one was reported to be injured amid the shooting. Reports say the alleged shooter was tracked down and arrested. 21-year-old Kendall Matthews was charged with the attempted second-degree murder. Randall Fatal, who is the city police chief, said in a statement, We will not tolerate the careless and excusable behavior in slide out. He continues, Let this serve as another message that we will be relentless on solving and preventing violent crimes in our community. Y'all be careful out there with driving. Um, now this news I found last night and I found it to be disturbing. And the reason it disturbed me because I know this individual and I'm not, I'm not a fan and I'm not going to sit up here and say that I dragged Queen Naja neither. Granted, I never liked her, um, but I'm not a fan. And at this point I'm kind of neutral on how I feel about Queen Naja. Um, but 
according it just seems like her family is always in the public eye with drama um and that's not good that's not good when you can't find peace within your family um there's always something going on with queen naja there was a cousin that was joining the scamming her mom and now there's her mom going around on social media talking about what's going on with her so, you know, my prayers and thoughts go out to Queen Naja's family and Queen Naja because I can't imagine how it feels when your family is always in some drama on social media. So I found this on from official, official, all tea, all shade, underscore. And it says Queen Naja's mother revealed that she was down to her last $20. It said, allegedly, Queen Naja stopped supporting her family financially. Her mom recently stated that she was down to her last $20, but was blessed unexpectedly by God and Tina as well, and now has more than what she had. What are your thoughts? I'm going to tell you my thoughts on this. I cannot judge an adult on what they do with their money, okay? I don't know. I mean, I cannot judge an adult do with their money. However, it seems to me there was a cousin that was talking awfully about Queen Naja. And maybe Queen Naja felt some kind of way and was like, you know what? I'm tired of supporting my family financially for them to be used by other family members. Um, that's that's my idea of what's going on. But I don't want my mom going on social media crying about that she's down to her last $20. Um, and I was supporting her financially so i don't know there's a lot of ways you can cut this story just know that it can't be cut you know you can't always assume the situation you know sometimes it's not always a bad guy versus a good guy sometimes it's just two people that had a big misunderstanding that was unnecessary okay next story the neighborhood talk Balance said that her ex-husband, Simon, told her that his new fiance, Portia Williams, slept with his cousin for her Rolls Royce. Girl, this is the best soap opera ever. <laughs> I mean, if you want to watch a soap opera, there's no point, okay? Social media has all the soap opera you need, okay? Go to social media and you'll find some story, I'm pretty sure. And if it's not somebody famous, it's somebody you don't know that would tell you a story and you'd be like, what? Not Simon telling his, uh, his other wife what his other wife did, girl. Girl. <laughs> Sometimes all you can say is girl. Because <laughs> it's so messy. So today's story, I didn't tell y'all what today's story was going to be about. Um, I was out of it yesterday. Was I out of it yesterday? I just wanted to watch a movie yesterday. It was raining, it was pouring, and all the old men were snoring. And I was thinking I was out of it, but I kind of talked about Loki. I was going to talk about Tupac, but we're going to save the Tupac still alive for the death date of Tupac. Or some of you guys will say the alleged death date of Tupac. But today, we're going to stick with the program. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Torso Killer. 
Um, if y'all don't know, the Cleveland Torso Killer is also allegedly um, the guy that also killed the Black Dahlia. So, this is a very interesting story. If you don't know, you will know now. And I'm telling you the story today. So, sit back and relax. And I would suggest you eat popcorn because we don't know how severe what he did and how your stomach works hearing some of the news about this guy going around killing innocent people. So just sit back and try to relax because I'm going to tell you a story about the Cleveland torso killer. Fun fact, I just realized friend was from Cleveland, Ohio. I had a dream about friend. No, it was not sexual, girl. Girl, no. All right. So this article was written um on October 12, 2018. It was updated on September 19th, 2019. It, it is from the Cleveland.com. It says the Cleveland infamous torso murders. 80 years later, the fascination endures. More than 80 years after the mad butcher of Kingsburg, Ren cut a swath. Girl, they done start doing old English in here. Okay. Run cut a swath of terror through town. Clevelanders remain fascinated with the gruesome killer. Apparently, y'all love and y'all are fascinated with fucked up people. I am one of those fucked up people, apparently. That's why we're talking about this. From 1935 to 1938, 12 bodies, some people say 13, were dumped in the area known as Kingsburg Run, Pitchard, a creek bed that run from East 19th Street and Kinsman Road to the Cuyahoga River. Yeah. The victims include seven men and five women. Most were hobos and prostitutes and people living on the edge at time when Cleveland was hard hit by the Great Depression. Many were missed for months. The bodies were found without heads. This is the part where you stop eating your popcorn. Most were also without limbs. Sometimes those parts were found in other places, sometimes not. It was the most gruesome crime spree in Cleveland's history. The killer was named the Torso Murders by the press. The killer called the Mad Butcher of Kingsboro Run. The ability to find the killer was the greatest failure of famed public safety director, Elliot Ness. Hmm. I wonder why you failed the people, Elliot. The story had been the subject of movies and TV shows and graphic novels and tours and numerous books. Unfortunately, Ness, the high-profile project based on Brian Michael Bendis, graphic novel and slated to be directed by Paul Gingras, has been put on hold. Oh, man. Not one, but two new books on the unsolved killing spree was re released last year. Both are fictional looks at the crime and bring the story up to modern-day Cleveland. Last November, Cleveland Arthur D. M. Pulley released the unclaimed victim, Thomas Mercer. It's a fascinating alternative reality look at the killing that shocked the city. It was her second book to shine a light on Cleveland's notorious past. The first the first, 2015 is the day Key was a thriller set in the old Cleveland Trust Tower. 
With chapters set in 1999 and 1938, Pulley wove together the Union Gospel Press Bible Factory in Tremont. 1930s Cleveland Nazis, known as the Silver Shirt Legion, the City Depression era shantytown in Tremont in 1990s. Unlike other books, which usually finger Dr. Francis Sweeney on multiple killers. Pulley has come up with a vast conspiracy story, which continues until the 90s. The page turner was followed in January by Michael Jordan. The camp, not your name, Michael Jordan. Anyway, the guy name is Michael Jordan's The Company of Demons, Greenleaf Book Group Press. A chilling, gory story of the torso killer set in contemporary Cleveland. Jordan, a retired lawyer, spent seven years crafting his dark story that takes readers from West Park to the Burbs, east side to west, throughout the court system in a quest to end a new body filled spree. Jordan Pitchard and Pulley are doing a joint event at the Lakewood Library at 7 p.m. Thursday, October 18th. Y'all can't go to that because that happened before the pen and Dumbledore. I mean, what did I call it? I said the Bandorga Open. But Panorama. I don't know what I called it. Okay, the thing. So this happened before the Panorama. Anyway, the Torso Murders double feature where includes both authors reading from their books, showing photos, and talking about the real-life killing spree. I'm not from Cleveland originally. I moved here in my 30s. I'm a lawyer by training. In my first week on the job, I was asked to cover another deposition downtown. I went to the other firm, and there was a bunch of old photos of Cleveland on the wall, says Jordan of his introduction to the killer. The lawyer says those are Kingsburg Run. Those are Kingsburg Bury Kingsbury run where the torso murderers used his used to dump his victims. He told me a little and I was hooked. Since he retired seven years ago, Jordan's interest took on new fervor. I spent time researching the killings in the library and at the police museum, and I started thinking maybe some, doing something fictional would be fun since so much had been written already. So this is a story about the infamous well, it's not really a story about the um, Cleveland Torso murders. It's about how Cleveland basically kind of low-key being able to monetize it. So that will conclude it. Let's talk about Mr. Elliot Ness for a minute. Let's talk about this for a minute. Because people have said it was a doctor that did the murders because of how um, the, the cut, the way he cut the body was as if he was a surgeon. But the person that was supposed to make sure that people were okay was Elliot Ness. Now, I'm going to talk about this because I feel like um, we're not in a Great Depression or nothing. But because of the unexpectancy of, I know I didn't, call, I call it the Pandorica. The Pandorica opening, or y'all like saying that they know snap. People have fallen on hard times. That's, that's facts. Fun fact. 
people have fallen on hard times. And it seems that when the country falls into a depression, a recession, or hard times, that is the perfect time for someone to go on a killing spree. Um, so, yeah. I also want to talk about the fact that it's rumored that the uh, Cleveland Torso Killer was also the murderer of the Black Dahlia. Um, but I want to talk about how hard times have caused people to go mad. All right. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but because of the weirdness of this Pandora opening, we have found ourselves in the crime rates being higher. It's not just unarmed black people being murdered. It's not just um, unarmed anybody being murdered. It's more crime spree happening. I told you my situation with the hotel I went to in downtown Atlanta and how I felt like allegedly there were sex trafficking going on. I also heard two stories from two black women. One was in a nail salon with her two daughters and one went to... Um, I was in North Carolina or South Carolina and she went to a hotel room um, and found themselves in a situation where people were taking pictures of them and they were, you know, offering them to be sold online because there was sex trafficking going on. So a lot of weird crimes happen during periods like this. Um, we don't know right now, but we might find out later that some weird crimes are being committed and we don't notice. And there are tons of people who are gone missing. We have not noticed yet until their family has noticed it. I know there's a friend of mine. I know he had a friend. And the friend um, is missing. I'm not sure if he's still missing, but the friend is missing. But because you're in a trying time period, like the Great Depression, Weird things happen. Weird crimes happen. So at the time, people are so worried about being hungry and, and being clothed and, and getting food and being sheltered that nobody is realizing what they're doing to some of the people. So I have a little theory about what I think was going on. You know, Elliot Ness was supposed to protect people. Y'all understand that Kingsboro Run was where all the poor people stayed at in like the rundown area, like the um, I don't want to use the word shanty town. Kind of like Skid Row in California. Okay, that's what Kingsboro Run was. Okay, this was happening to people who live in Kingsboro Run, people that. Everybody would say nobody would notice was missing. Anytime when there's a situation, you know, it, it, even with Jack the Ripper, and they say that people who are going missing, like prostitutes, hobos, um, people like that, I just feel like it's government. This is a theory, by the way. But I'm really getting over there to little Nessie over there, little Elliot Nessie, because you're supposed to be the public protection person. 
and you didn't do your job. There are people who've gone missing, people who die are dying, and you didn't pay attention to it. But I just wonder if it's because you're trying to decrease the population because you know nobody would give a fuck about these people. Excuse my language. But I'm just saying during this time period, which is similar to like, let's just say this. Y'all know about Skid Row, right? Ask the people on Skid Row, have Skid Row gotten smaller? And if it's gotten smaller, how many people have gone missing and been found dead? I, I heard Black China Mama was over there throwing out money. I don't trust people that do stuff like that. I just don't trust it. Granted, I don't think Black China Mama would do anything bad to those people. But I'm just saying, how many of y'all seen people drive past Skid Row in Rolls Royces? No, good and well, they can give somebody a sandwich. Well, places like that, the people are not protected. Which I always end up somehow thinking about also another fictional work when I think about Doctor Who. And how they the Cybermen uh, turn the homeless people into cyber people because... They were not suffering anymore. They were not hungry anymore when they became cybermen. You know, homeless people are the easiest victim to target. Prostitutes are the easy and vic easiest victim to target. Even police officers target prostitutes because they know the prostitute can't do nothing. She's doing something that's illegal. So at this period of time, that was, was what was going on. There was like a skid row going on in Kingsboro Run. And people were, that people, quote unquote, didn't care about. Would y'all totally forget that the prostitute had, somebody gave birth to the prostitute. A sperm and an egg came together and made the prostitute. But y'all don't think like that. Um, so it was very easy to commit a crime, especially if you are someone that's trying to decrease the population of poor people or get out of helping poor people and find a way to help them. Quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have two suspects. We have a doctor that's a suspect. And we have the public director of protection as a suspect as well. Right? Right. All these people who, who, are, are, who are paid to represent the public. Are seen as a suspect. Not just because they are paid to protect the public. But also.
keep in mind they're paid by the one percent right the people who pay them the only way they can get paid is by dealing with the one percent by dealing with people So whoever paid their taxes get protected, which we all know that's kind of also bullshit in a way, but whoever paid their taxes get protected. Whoever owns a business get protected. Whoever has money gets protected. So really the public, the director of the public protection of Cleveland He's really not working for the people of Kingsboro, Ryan. Matter of fact, he's probably working to make sure that the population of Kingsboro, Ryan don't get too big. What if him and the doctor were working together? Oh, that just came up in my head. What if him and the doctor working together and he said, hey, you know, I need you to perform a few surgeries on some dead people I killed. You know, and like I said, we believe that people who are elected officials will protect us and take care of us. But are they really there to help and protect us? Or are they there to pacify us? And when we step out of line and say something we ain't got to saying, we get shut down. Or because they say that we're useless bag of bones, i.e. we're a hobo, we're prostitute, help decrease the population. Am I not correct? Yeah, I do understand when you think about people like Bill Gates and they talk about population control, it, it becomes a thing where you start to wonder, are you giving vaccinations to countries in Africa because they you want them to be healthy or are you giving out vaccination to uh, speed up the process of killing individuals? Look at what they're doing for the vaccination right now. Why are you giving out free rolled up weed? Y'all giving out pizza? You're offering homeless people baths. All for vaccination. Y'all didn't do that for the flu vaccine? Shit. Y'all just said there's a flu vaccine. Y'all could at least offer some cookies and cream or something. Shit. Y'all got juvenile over here talking about back that thing up. Vax that thing up. That's what he's saying. Vax that thing up. Why are y'all doing so much to make sure people are vaccinated now? That's why I say I question officials. Mm. I don't question all officials, but I do question officials, especially ones who are pushing the vaccination. And what are you offering for people to get the vaccination? It's kind of like a modern-day Cleveland torso killer 
isn't it? With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is My Mind's Emporium. I really wish I could go in debt with um, this. That's why I said I'm going to have to start doing a live on um, YouTube or Instagram. Because that's um, what I should do. Right. I definitely want to have a conversation about this. And I would love to hear other people's opinions about this. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is My Mind Emporium. Y'all be careful out there. And check on your family and friends who may be uh, homeless. Even if they're prostitutes, it doesn't matter. Just make sure they're okay. Because it's getting, it's getting, it's, it's everybody, they get everybody in these streets, boo. I am like so outie.